This Thacker Slate podcast is hosted by Connie Thacker and Allison Slate, two experienced attorneys who believe honesty, transparency, and knowledge are key to achieving the best legal outcomes. A variety of topics, particularly those related to sensitive family law matters, are candidly covered by Connie and Allison in a way that's refreshing, timely, and practical for listeners. Allison and I are here today with uh, Randy Flood and Ben Burgess, and October, as you probably know, is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and so we have Randy and Ben here with us today to talk about domestic violence specifically, talk about some of the assessments that they do and treatment. Randy Flood is the author of Stop Hurting the Women That You Love, Breaking the Cycle of Abusive Behavior, and we see domestic violence uh, it's it's heightened uh, in uh, family law cases, and I know that you guys are familiar with the court system and how we see them. In some cases, some courts even have domestic violence courts. We don't have that here in Kent County yet, but why don't you guys speak a little bit about domestic violence and w- what you guys do at Fountain Hill uh, dealing with those issues? Well, the Child Custody Act that is a Factor K, right, Factor ben? K. Yeah. Factor K is part of what we're supposed to assess when it comes to looking at the best interest factors for children. And so um, factor K is important because if domestic violence is happening in the lives of children, then that needs to be identified. Particularly more recently, um, we're looking at um, identifying the scope and severity of domestic violence and looking at the topology um, because there used to be this idea that it was a one size fits all coming out of the battered women's movement which is more of the coercive control form of domestic violence, which is the most severe. And so we are now aware of other forms of domestic violence that need to be evaluated and so that you can design parenting time plans and treatment from that. What about this um, concept of uh, the domestic violence assessments? I mean, how do you um, assess? I mean, because oftentimes, again, it's one parent versus the other parent, and, and where's the the continuum of the of the violence? I mean, my spouse speaks to me inappropriately and is demeaning and controlling financially. Is that really the domestic violence, domestic abuse, uh, psychological abuse, financial abuse? I mean, we see all kinds of those. So um, how do you guys try to assess that? Well, what we're looking at specifically is how it impacts someone's ability to parent and co-parent. So, for instance, and Randy talked about coercive control, if a parent is afraid of the other other parent, if there's a level of psychological fear, um, that obviously... Uh, it, impacts co-parenting. You can't have co-parenting in in cases like that. Uh, But on the other hand, if there was an instance of separation-associated violence where someone pushed the other or slapped the other at the time of divorce when they're going through the most stressful experience in their lives, that needs to be treated differently than a coercive control case. Not that it doesn't need to be treated and dealt with appropriately, uh, but it needs to be dealt with uh, differently. In, in the assessment process, has been identified those two, is that you would look for whether there was pre-existing domestic violence prior to the announcement of the separation, because if it's a separation-associated topology, you would have typically... Um, 
a fairly normative marriage situation. They might not have gotten along. They might have just had you know, differences that beyond parenting and that, you know, or an affair might have happened. And then, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, then you had this intense separation where a lot of times we talk about divorce psychoses, where people just kind of become disintegrated and they, they're, their best characters not present at that moment and they make choices that are out of character. And so that would be treated, as Ben says, very differently than a 20-year marriage where there was coercive control around the power and control wheel, whether it was financial um, control, you have verbal abuse, you have you know, jealousy and withdrawing people from family and friends, and you have using the church, everything is, is, is you know, it's a full court press on a, an oppressive system um, for the victim. And I think we keep mentioning treatment and using that word. What does that treatment look like? What do, what do you guys do at the Men's Resource Center? Uh, what, do, what can people expect? The treatment of choice for, we, we specifically work um, with men because it's a men's resource center. <laughs> and so we, the treatment of choice is, is group therapy um, because that's a place where uh, men can learn accountability and gain insight into the problem. Because it's, in domestic violence, it's a crisis in accountability. That's the primary problem is that they're not able to be accountable for their behavior. And so you have to move them into accountability and then they can learn um, different strategies and skills, change some of their belief systems about women, and that can help them move to a place of having more egalitarian respectful relationships. Well, um, what about the power and control? Oh, power wheel, power and control wheel. I'm having a hard time getting that out. You talked about that a little bit, Randy, and I think that's important for people to really. I, I think you can probably find it online anywhere, but I think it's important for you to sort of speak to that because we do see that a lot in terms of what's in those little cogs of the wheel, in terms of what really is being, you know, abusive and controlling and, you know, and, and talking about even the financial issues. Sometimes we see it, we see litigation abuse where they just keep taking the parent back to court and back to court and back to court. So, uh, and I, I know you guys are familiar with the, uh, the wheel. So speak to that a little bit and, and, and how that impacts what you're looking for and what right. you do. Well, I think it's a it's a misnomer to think that if there, if there's an absence of violence, then that means that there's not, um, significant control because right. I always talk about with the guys that I worked with, I said, you know, he's like, well, I'm not as bad as Bill because he was violent to his wife. And I'm like, well, you might be just smarter at control and you don't right. have yeah. to be violent because exactly. you're using money, you're using family, you're using in social influences. And Church, there's religion. Way. There's fear. There's yeah. fear. There's and it's, fear and it's of right. consequences right. of not following along. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but oftentimes I can even see it <clears throat> when the women come into our office and they're going to go through a divorce situation. I can just see it in their demeanor. And then once they're broken away from that abuser and you can see the healing that occurs in them and you see them weeks later and they're just different people because they've, you know, had treatment and, and gone to different resources and done that. So, right. Well, I just want to thank you both for coming today. We really appreciate it. And again, Randy is the author of uh, Stop Hurting the Woman That You Love, and you can reach them at Fountain Hill. And if you have any other questions, uh, you know how to reach us. Or the, the uh, website for the Men's Resource Center is menscenter.org, menscenter.org. Thank you both very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Thacker Slate podcast. If you have additional questions, do not hesitate to contact us at 
616-888-3810 or visit our website thackerslate.com for additional information. 